Welcome to the Blue Bagger Family Podcast, a podcast dedicated to our beloved Carlton women's team. My name is Lizzie Hone and I'm joined by my father, Ian Hone. Hi there. And my partner, Nathan Dean. Hey guys. We've got a lot to discuss this week after our first win of the year, so let's jump straight into it. Welcome to AFL Women's 20 AFL Women's Best and Fairest. Madison Press Barker and the Carlton. Side 50, Harris! That releases Dalton. She delivers towards Vessio. It'll clear them. Bouncing football at the back is a Vessio. Walker at the front. Harris, Egan, flying shot. Will it bend back? It will! The Blues are in front! Grizzali can get it and go. Grizzali's had three bounces. Could just keep on going. Runs to 50. Has to release the kick. Over the head of Walker. Walker can go off the ground and go! Oh, what a goal. <laughs> Call it, Darcy. Call that one, Darcy. I don't know who kicked that, but it was fantastic. Great snap. G collects, snaps, and goals. Vesio, a passage that she'll walk straight through. Carlton, Carlton is into the grand final. Well, we got our first win on the board against the Saints last Saturday down at Moorabbin. What were you guys' thoughts? Uh, it was an excellent game. Like, we played as a team. Everything just clicked. It was the first time I think I felt like I could see where the game plan was going. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the uh, returning players to defence particularly helped us, but we managed to to show some teamwork and chemistry uh, really for the first time this year, as opposed to individual acts which had been keeping us in the games to the extent that we were in the first two rounds. I thought it was a totally different team. Yeah, I mean, Pound only had 12 disposals for the whole game, but you could really feel her presence and just the stability she brought to the team when she picked up the ball. I mean, she had that wonderful uh, throw in the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they call selling the candy? Yeah. Um, you know, you really did feel that in the back line. I, I guess there's a bit more maturity in the back line with more experienced players. Exactly. Well, um, the game saw us... And with six four forty compared to the Saints two four sixteen, we had a scoreless first quarter, but that's understandable given the wind. Um, well, let's jump into the discussions. Well, let's get into dissecting our win. Nathan, take us away with the backline. Well, I thought our backline was very strong, probably more mature, like I said before. Um, with getting pound, Aloifi. Those two players are probably more experienced than our second, first, second-year players. I I struggled to find any um, negatives. I thought they played really well. The whole backline. I thought our pressure all around the ground was very good, but particularly in our forward fifty and in their forward fifty, we managed to have a nice run up our win most of the game, but we really had those pressure in the two arcs. And I thought that was a real game changer. Yeah, we we shot managed to shut down Grizer to one goal. Like if we didn't stop her, she would have kicked away with four, I reckon. Exactly. Yeah, we did very well in stopping her down. Mm. Well, I, I thought Lolowifi was was really fantastic um, uh, taking up that role. The one goal that Grizer got really was probably. Um, her fault in the sense that uh, I think she backed herself to be able to run past Greiser, which I can understand because she's quick and Greiser doesn't look like she'd be as quick as uh, 
she is, but uh, I think uh, um, Lolawifi fairly quickly found out that Grice had a fair bit more pace than she looks like she'd have, and uh, she just couldn't uh, get around her to, to get to the ball first or, or even to get a hand on the kick. She very quickly found out about pace. Indeed. And very quick pace at that. Um, any other thoughts on our back line, Nathan? Well, I thought it was interesting watching the game last week. Um, we decided to put Elise O'Day in the back line. Well, it was interesting wasn't it? because she was really playing as a mid in that first quarter, but very much dropping back into defence to help. Yeah. And then when we had the win, they pushed her forwards. That was one thing I did find kind of concerning was that we didn't, particularly in the first quarter, we weren't able to switch very quickly from defence to forward. We kept getting caught out with nobody there to take the mark, nobody to kick to, because we were so focused on our defence. Yeah. I think they possibly had to back themselves in a little bit more and just see how that first quarter went with the new additions to our back line. See, I, I take a different view. We were up against a fairly stiff breeze, and I thought uh, it was the right thing to do to, to try and neutralise the Saints from taking advantage of it and then look to do the damage when we had the use of the breeze, which we managed to do. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of liked her in the back line. She had some more pressure. Yeah, she's the, she was the spare in defence for the boys. I mean, we were able to keep them down to only one got one in the first quarter. Yes. So given the breeze, that's a very well-done job by our back line. Yeah, well, I give them massive credit for that first quarter. Right. Yeah. Just kicking them on goal in the first quarter with the Saints having the wind. That's, that's really good defending, I think. Yeah, I mean, first quarter they scored 1-1. One, one. Um, then we had the wind in the second quarter. By the end of the third quarter, they'd only scored 2-4-16. Which is pretty good given that they had the wind in those two quarters and we were able to keep their scoring down. Yeah. Comparatively to how our scoring was going when we had the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, just massive credit to them. Yeah, just a really good job well done. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think we're going in the right direction with our back line. I think so. And I think the mids um, did well dropping back when they had the wind to make it a really team defence and smother the Saints. Yes. Well, in saying that, we should probably jump into the mids discussion next. Well, the Carlton midfield group, I thought, uh, performed very well against the Saints. The standout, um, as per usual, uh, Matty Prasparkas, um, but I thought also Egan uh, uh, was very impressive. They both... Um, uh, garnered a team high 24 possessions uh, each. Uh, we see that week in, week out for Prasparkas. Egan, I thought, was fantastic um, uh, this week and very impressive that she was able to uh, win that much of the football. Um, beyond that, um, uh, Abby Mackay again, 17 possessions, getting a lot of the football, using it well. She really has, uh, has picked up... Uh, uh, markedly um, uh, this year. Uh, we also had um, O'Day, although playing uh, a mixture of forward, defence and uh, midfield, uh, but, uh, but plenty of time through the midfield, uh, garnering 
21 positions and uh, seeming to be a bit of uh, an everywhere player uh, on, on the day. She was fantastic. Um, uh, I also thought that um, uh, McAvoy was worth uh, making mention of. Only the eight possessions, but impressively, 100% disposal efficiency. Did not miss a target. And she's the only Carlton player who um, is sitting on 100% disposal efficiency for the year, and I think that's uh, something to be noted. Uh, Georgia G, 10 possessions, perhaps not her busiest game, but, uh, but still um, contributed well. Uh, perhaps a couple of uh, slightly quieter performances. Uh, Brazali, um, with only the seven possessions. Um, uh, Downey, only the seven possessions, but of course she did a power of work with uh, tap work and uh, was played up forward quite a bit this game to effect uh, kicking a, a very valuable goal. Um, uh, Lawrence, who I see has been uh, rested uh, this week, only the seven possessions. Not her, her, her busiest game by, by any means. Uh, typical Lawrence, though, five tackles. Um, but uh, but uh, perhaps not a great surprise that uh, perhaps she's being uh, rested uh, this week. Um, uh, the other player I did want to make mention of uh, was uh, Bree Moody. Uh, 14 possessions uh, for a ruck. I think that, that's, uh, that's um, uh, pretty uh, impressive. Uh, but significantly, um, to go with those 14 possessions, she absolutely dominated the hitouts with the 18 hitouts, um, and she was clearly the the uh, the, the um, dominant ruck on the ground. And I thought uh, that was uh, very much deserving of, uh, of uh, high praise. But overall, I thought the midfield um, uh, worked very hard to get back into defence when the Saints had the win, and were a big part of why we managed to keep the Saints off the scoreboard. Um, and uh, were the driving force that uh, that got us the ball uh, into our forward line uh, when we had the win and uh, were the key to our victory. I feel like the mids looked very fast this week. I think we definitely put some pace into uh, into the um, uh, team this week and we used it more. But there was also, I think, a factor of us using the ball better to allow that to happen. Yes. Um, Mackay's kicks throughout the game were very good, I felt at least. And she did a very good job of being that handball out of a pack to a running player who was able to just go. And I thought that was very impressive. She, of course, got rising star. Yeah, and deservedly so. Fantastic uh, season so far for for Abs, and uh, she's uh, going ahead in leaps and bounds. Definitely. Was there any comments you wanted to make about the midfield, Nathan? Yeah, I thought the clearances were really good, especially going with the wind. We um against the wind, we played, we managed to kick the ball and stuff to to effect. Yeah, I mean stoppage clearances. We had twenty three compared to their fifteen, which is pretty good. That's a sizable difference. Yeah. Um. So I was pretty impressed by our midfield, in general. I think the combination of Egan and Prisparkas is going to be exciting to watch as they both develop further. So we've discussed the midfield. Let's jump into the forward line. So let's get into discussing the forward line. I was much more impressed than I have been in previous weeks. I think that's a theme throughout our team generally. 
Um, but the fourth line impressed me. I thought we put them under pressure kicking out, which caused some serious havoc for them trying to get out of our 50. Um, in particular, I thought Harris had a very good um, pressure game. She had that intercept spoil in the first quarter where she swallowed Jay Van Dyke's kick out. Um, I thought that was really good, but in saying that, the reason that Van Dyke was able to get the ball was because Egan did not place her kick very well going into our 50. But after the first quarter, that very much settled down, and I felt like our entry into the fourth 50 improved drastically. Um, but as I said earlier, I thought we were caught a lot of times with hardly anybody in our forward 50 when we were trying to switch into that attack. And so I want to see that, just, you know, be aware maybe we just drop one player. You know, we need to do something in that area. You know, we need to back ourselves in to get it to our 50. Or we need somebody who can run really hard and make that switch because it was just lacking in that first quarter. Um, as I said, our freshman inside 50 was good all day. Created an opportunity for Prasparkas to set up a goal late in the first quarter. Um, obviously, that didn't work out. We were kept scoreless in the first quarter. Um, but that was very much down to wind. And I think that's something we have to take into account when looking at our efficiency in the forward 50. It's hard to see the running patterns when you're watching it on the television. But I did notice that Vessio was running a lot harder. We've been quite critical of her the last few weeks. But I could see her effort went up and she was doing those runs out to create an opportunity for somebody else. Yeah, like Harris did um, when when um, they were playing the Bulldogs. Yeah, and I just felt in general, from what I could see, our running patterns seemed to be better. And that was quite obvious that we weren't kicking as much to packs as we have been. Yeah, more to one-on-one contests. Yeah, yeah, I think we did do a lot more sacrificial running this week than we had been doing previously. We did a lot more running generally, I think, but the, the sacrificial running to create opportunities for others, I thought, hasn't been there, and uh, it uh, it showed up last week uh, to a very good effect. Darcy, as you say, particularly. Yes. Um, but I thought that was a feature of a number of our, our players. I felt like we worked a lot better as a team this week, and sacrificial running is a part of that. Absolutely. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I reckon half it got into Vessio's ear a bit? Potentially so. I think he probably got into everybody's ear a bit. Yeah. He was very harsh in the um, press conference after the Bulldogs game. Yeah. And I think he may have, you know, yelled a bit. <laughs> yeah. And just let it be known that we're better than what we were. Yeah. I think and Harford, like, really knows that we're better. Definitely. I thought it was really interesting listening to the um, leading with no crowds there. Yeah. We were quite loud, and I thought that was very good. It's always interesting to see who people are yelling at other people to kick to, who's taking the leadership. Um, And, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting to watch. Did you guys have any notes about who you felt like was really loud on ground? O'Day and Patches. Like we talked about her being in the mid and the back and then... There was that moment. I can't remember. I think they had gotten a goal. And the camera kind of showed O'Day. And we were setting up with the bouncers about to go off. And O'Day just started yelling. Like, come on, Blues. We're better than this. We got this. Let's get it back. 
And I just, I really appreciated that. I thought yeah, it was... I, I was really impressed with O'Day on the, on the, uh, on the uh, uh, performance that she put in. Um, and talking about Fords, I thought she was fantastic when she was pushed forward in that second quarter, uh, particularly. Uh, she really brought some pressure. She brought some presence. Yes, yeah, she, she was very good. Um, we should probably get into discussing specific players a little bit more. Well, let's start out with who let you guys down. I had a lot of trouble deciding this week. I didn't feel like there was anybody who really stuffed up. I thought there was a few people who maybe didn't play their best game, but they didn't do anything that hurt the team, I felt like. Yeah, that was with me as well. But with mine, with Lucy McAvoy, she didn't really impact the game, but she got a few touches, like, yeah. Up. I mean, you were impressed by McAvoy, though. I was impressed by what she did when she got the ball, but she didn't uh, impact the game enough. But you got to remember... Uh, first game back in, uh, give us some some uh, some credit for for first game, uh, picking up speed and so forth. Like you guys, I found it hard to look at and, and find people who let us down. Um, perhaps Brazali was a bit of a disappointment in the amount of work she did. Then again, she you know she got a goal. She um, did do some good stuff, but not a lot. Brazali doesn't seem as fast as she did last year. No. Just last year I felt like I could back her in to really run, pick up the ball and keep going. Do you see she just seems that little bit slower? I'm wondering whether it's lack of, of um, team cohesion giving her the chance to show that or whether maybe she, she has lost a, a, a turn of speed. But we're, I guess we'll see as the season unfolds, uh, which it is. Um, other than that... Um, very hard to, to, to find people who let us down, I thought. I mean, that's a good thing that yeah. hasn't been the position we've been in the last few weeks. So it's nice to really struggle in that department. But who surprised you guys? Uh, for me, Nick Stevens. By far her best game this last week. Uh, kicking her two goals and... Finishing with her 10 disposals. And she had that beautiful goal, I can't remember what quarter it was, but where she snapped it. Yeah. Um, Kind of like she wasn't facing the goals. Yes, excellent piece of work. Yes, I thought that was very well done. Um, there were a few players that, that surprised me. Not that I didn't think they were good players, but just how well they played. I thought um, Egan really impressed me on the day. O'Day really impressed me on the day. And I was also quite impressed by uh, our debutante, Daisy Walker. When I mean, you're talking about seven possessions, a uh, couple of tackles, uh, first gamer, I thought she, she was uh, was um, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, definitely. My um, surprise of the week was probably, and we, we were having this debate off air about how to pronounce it, um, I tend to say McKay. I think of Harry Mackay, Abby McKay, so I thought they were pronounced differently. Um, my surprise was McKay. Um, she got the rising star. She got 17 disposals. She had very strong tackles. Um, she did, as I said earlier, a wonderful job being that handball out of a pack. Um, and in particular, she set up that 
wonderful run up our win. The run and carry. Um, she just ran all day and she was superb by hand, I felt. Um, the reason it's a surprise to me is because of her, the year she had last year. Um, you know, we were quite concerned about her by the end of the year. But I feel like this year she's really for short rookie. She got um Rising Star, sorry, not Rookie, Rising Star nomination. I think she's gone on places this year. Yeah, um, me and Ian watched the press conference from last round. About Abby, she was talking about Abby McKay. He was talking about Abby McKay. As opposed to Mackay, he's calling her Mackay. But um, but uh, <laughs> that's a that's a debate uh, for another time, perhaps. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly Harford was 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 very effusive in how hard she's worked to realise her talent. Um, that she's come to understand that the level of hard work that's needed, and she's put it in, and she's reaping the rewards. Definitely. So let's move on to who our Rookie of the Week was. You mean the uh, Mimi Hill Award, since she <laughs> seems to win it every week. Previously known as, potentially. But I think shock horror this week, maybe she doesn't win. <laughs> I don't know what you guys thought, but uh, I was vastly impressed with the debut of uh, Daisy Walker. Uh, seven possessions, two tackles, uh, some very good one-on-one victories, um, and a lot of pace, a lot to like... Uh, in, in her uh, debut performance. I mean, in the second quarter, she won against McCarthy when running towards the ball. She um, was able to pressure into fumbling the ball and then kept up with her on her run to the ball. And even though McCarthy was in front of her, she was able to essentially just kind of push McCarthy past the ball, picked up the ball, and then dodged Greiser and delivered beautifully to Hosking. I mean, imagine doing that on your debut. It's definitely something to watch. And also in that first quarter, she laid a really good tackle on um, on Jackie Vaught in, in the in Saints 450. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but... <laughs> I, I feel like she was very... She had these incredible moments at crucial points in the game. Like the McCarthy thing, um, it was crucial in that contested possession because it was going into their 50. Yeah. Yeah, she made big plays. Yes. You know, you look at that and say, well, only seven disposals? Yeah. Um, you go, well, that's not a lot. But then you watch when those disposals were and how crucial they were to the game. And the way she was able to deliver the ball, it was something to watch for sure. It was impressive. Yeah. yeah. I think it's unanimous. Daisy Walker, <laughs> Rookie of the Week. Uh, sorry, Mimi Hill. Um, pick up of the Week. Who was the guys' pick of the Week? Lisa Day. What yep. a player, honestly. <laughs> I think, uh, again, pretty clear. She was the, the one that uh, that um, influenced the game most heavily and she's got my vote. Not sure that it's unanimous, though. Uh, no, I said Daring Down. I thought um, she went really hard at the ball. Obviously, she got that free kick in the first quarter because of how hard she was going at the ball. Yeah. Um. You know, like, she, whenever she did make wrong decisions, she made that wrong decision, handballing it was part of herself, she got that free kick. But she cleaned it up afterwards. Um, her run up the win, she hardly missed a target all game. I just thought it was incredible. Um, She's definitely a good kick. Yeah, I mean, she kicked out of the 50 to O'Day and delivered it right to her chest. 
was never in doubt of missing her. And O'Day didn't have to move. <laughs> it went straight to her. Um, yeah, she was very good kicking out of our 50, um, but she was also good at creating opportunities in our 50. Um, you know, like, at one point in the third quarter, she picked up the ball and she was almost tackled and the player actually had her jumper. Could have been a free, in my opinion. Um, but she was able to keep her feeding footing even and deliver the ball um, into our 50. And that's what ultimately led to that Stevens goal that we were talking about earlier, yeah. that wonderful kick-around-the-body goal. Yeah, I just felt like she constantly ran out of situations all day and, like, you know, she made a mistake, she cleaned it up straight away. I was very impressed. Yeah, her ability to dodge tacklers, I thought, really impressive. Yeah, but yeah, I think O'Day was better. Yeah. <laughs> She's a yep. she's a tough nut that one. Hear all, hear all you say, but I'm still voting O'Day. Why? She was fantastic. She was brilliant in defence. She was brilliant up forward. She was brilliant in the middle. Uh, I thought she she was the, the in many ways the the um, the tactical manoeuvre that uh, that um, won the game was to get her where the ball was going to be most of the day. And half a set in that press conference, her best game f- f- for the Blues so far. Yeah, yeah. I I would agree with that. Um, but I just I was very impressed by Guerin, given how young she still is, and how uncertain we were about her coming into the team. Um, what did you guys have down as our biggest improver? I had down Grace Egan. I thought. Her best game so far this year. Beating her average disposal of 16.7, she got 24. Same as Chris Parker's. Um, yeah, she used the, used the ball really effectively, I thought. Yeah, I would agree that Egan was superb. Yep, it looks like it's three out of three with Egan, but the other player that I'd throw up for suggestion is uh, perhaps Maddie Guerin, who, uh, who, as we've discussed in the... Uh, in the pickup of the week uh, part of the podcast, um, was uh, was a very handy player this week. But uh, I think um, you have to go with Egan. She uh, impacted the game fantastically. For me, I kind of decided to go with... I felt like the biggest improvement in our game wasn't a player as much as our skills and our backline. Absolutely. The biggest improvement from a team perspective, was that we played like the team that we've seen in previous years for the first time this year. Yeah, and as I said earlier, I felt like our game plan finally made sense. You mean we had one? (laughs) I think we've had one the whole time. I think we've been trying to do that handball out of danger and run on, but it was the first time I saw that working consistently throughout the game. Yeah, and like I said earlier, the maturity... Of our back one as well. Even though we've got some like first year, second year players, we've got like Pound, well, we feed more experienced players in the back line. Pound coming back, I feel like it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. She's an all Australian back. You know, like, you can't beat that. Well, what do you guys want to see us leave behind from the game? Leaving opposition players open. Yes, we need to be more aware of where our players are. 
in saying that, it's something St Kilda like to do. St Kilda like to drop that player back. Um, I went to the St Kilda game last night and I noticed that throughout the game. They always had a player back from the contest. Um, for a lot of the game, they were playing Tilly Lucasrod um, as the player to keep it in their 50. Dropping back from the contest, marking it, kicking it back in. Yeah, and from playing footy at Farringate, that that's um, my first year of under 18. So that's what my coach told us to do as well. Like we had a midfield back contest, and then we had a mid at the back of it, so they can kick. Yeah. Kicks the open play, then have them on the run, and then. Well, I mean, St Kilda were using it a lot more to actually, um, to lock it in. Yes. Is the term that's used. Um, but I just felt like we weren't very aware of that throughout the game. Um, yeah, we just needed to be more aware of players being played behind the ball or being played as the free woman. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. The other thing I thought, um... I'd like to see left behind is perhaps the overly defensive mindset against the wind. Um, that was a view I know you were, were taking and I was arguing uh, against it to an extent, but uh, I think we probably did overdo the defensiveness um, a little bit. Especially and in that first quarter. It's in that first quarter. I mean, it was great to, to, to keep um, the Saints under control, but uh, I think maybe we need to be looking to be a bit more uh, damaging... Uh, when we can be. Definitely. I mean, that's that's the goal at all times, isn't it? Was there, was there any anything else that you kind of saw? I, I personally struggled to find one. Yeah, it was kind of hard to see what we need to leave behind, which is why it was the common mistakes people make that I felt like were our leave-behinds for this week. Well, sorry, last week was... Just a positive game. Like, we're even struggling to find negatives. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, there's a lot to bring forward, which I think we should probably discuss. So, given we couldn't find a lot of negatives, what do you want to see us bring forward? Um, from what I saw from the um, highlights, when um, Chris Parker's got that free kick and then made a Guerin running pass to get the handoff, then bombing into an inside 50. I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, not necessarily the bombing into our not forward the, 50. Yeah, I want to see us, you know, <laughs> kick into leads. But, yeah, that carry up the wing, our run, our handball into someone who is free. I had all that noted down as to what I want to see us bring forward. Yeah. Um, my last year for the um, Beaconsfield, I was playing against Beaconsfield. They did that really well. Yeah, good teams often do. Do. I feel like we struggled with that against the Bulldogs and against the Pies, but we really excelled in it against the Saints. Yeah. So I'm excited definitely. to see how we can bring that forward, especially against a team like Richmond, who are a lot like us in terms of their outside game, but they're faster than us. It'll be interesting to see how we can tweak that. And that might be an issue we have. You know, it was very good against the Saints, but we were trying to do that against Bulldogs, and we were trying to do that do that against the Pies. So I'm concerned as to how we're going to be able to tweak that against teams who are well set up to defend against that kind of play. Yeah, well, in terms of what I'd like to see us bring forward, I thought our improved ball use was the standout. But again, 
the improved um, game plan, improved run, uh, all those things. Basically, um, you know, Carlton 2020 turned up this week and uh, for the first time in 2021, and uh, uh, I want to see us build on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, who was you guys' three best players? Um, my three best players was Chris Parkers. Three votes? Three votes. Not because she got the player of the match and the lead in disposals, but just her use of the footy, her attack on it, her tackling. And the same with O'Day, my number two. Oh, okay. Keep going. You're surprised by that, aren't you? I am. <laughs> Keep going, though. And then my number one was Egan. See, I don't see how you can justify that. <laughs> I, For me, um, it was three to Egan, two to Chris Marcus, one to Stevens. Um, I just felt like Egan had a, such a good game. And I felt like, in a lot of ways, she probably deserved player of the match over Chris Parkers. Yeah, it was a bit of a tight voting. Yeah, in my view, I would have given Egan player of the match just ahead of Chris Parkers, and then O'Day. Um, thought um, McKay, McKay, whatever you want to call it, was very good. So I've mentioned, I thought Bree Moody dominated the rucks. Um, and a player we haven't, I think, mentioned um, at all in this this uh, podcast, uh, Hosking. I thought she was fantastic. Uh, 19 possessions. It's a lot of the ball for someone who wasn't being played um, where the ball was specifically, like, for example, I day was, where she was given that uh, change where the of ball role, is. see where the ball is. Um, Hosking, I thought, was, was um, her usual excellent self. Uh, and you know, got a lot of it this week. And I think her shift up forward is getting her more involved with the f- being in passages of plays and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things with football at the level of, you know, like the best in the comps, I think the issue is that you really do have to be where the ball is, no matter what. You know, if you're forward with the ball's down in your defence... Yeah, you you're not going to gonna usually be past the centre line. You know what I mean? Like, usually you're going to be pushed up forward anyway. Yes. So I find it a little bit interesting to say that she's being played where the ball isn't, but then she's where the ball is. I think that's probably true for a lot of people, just because of how the game's being played these days. But I think she was consistently good where she always is. You know, I think we, we tend to overlook her because she is so good week in, week out. Um, but, yeah, I thought she had a good game. Well, up ahead is my favourite segment of our podcast, Lizzie's Hard Nap of the Week. Phillips now hit hard in a rib-rattling tackle. And once again, the AFLW warrior Katie Loins. Claims another victim. The bounce will get to Harris, who just collects Maddie Gay with a good, strong hit. And Press Parkers claims her. Georgia G lurking to run her down. Perfect tackle. Okay, well, this week I really want to hear who you guys think should be my hard enough for the week. Because I think my choice might be a little bit surprising. Okay. <laughs> so, if you guys want to go ahead. Um, hard enough, I thought, was um, O'Dane's second quarter 
um, first minute. Um, kick into the Kidden's side of 50. I think the ball didn't get to our player. A day um, slide into the footy, trying to get it, handballs off, and then gets a free kick in the back. And mm-hmm. that's why I thought that's what that's why I thought she was a that was a hard enough moment because her attack on the footy almost been kicked in the head. But <laughs> I mean, O'Day's always going hard at the footy. She's always a hard enough, um, and she does put her body on the line a lot. Dad, who do you think should be? Well, I took a slightly different view this week. And my hard enough of the week is uh, Lola Weefy, just simply for being prepared to stand uh, Griser and, and go hard in that role. Okay, so both of you guys are wrong. <laughs> Neither of you guys have convinced me. Um, I'm joking, of course. Um, my hard enough of the week is Stevens. Specifically for um, in the second quarter, her running with Tiani White. So both oh, of them yes. are... Both of them are going for the ball. And Stevens, she just steams rolls the poor girl. She goes in hard and does not look back, makes contact and keeps going. She just came off better than the I mean, Yeah, but like, you know, she had no <laughs> no remorse. Really. It was everything you need to have if you're a football player. Yeah. You need to be able to take take the contact and keep going. You need to not be distracted about whether or not that player is okay. You can check that when the ball goes out or when you get the ball or when you give away the free. You know, like, there's a time and place to check on that, and I was really impressed by that. I just felt like she was the hard enough... That was the hard enough play of the week for me. Or when and they she, drive the ambulance on the field. Exactly! There's a time and a place for compassion, people. Because <laughs> um, compassion should be always, but it's a game of footy. Yeah. I was really impressed by just her drive to get that ball. And I would not want her running towards me in a competition, that is, for sure. Um, Yeah, so she was my hard enough of the week. It was so nice to have a win there, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like my my feelings on the round as a whole was just how much of a massive improvement it was. Yeah, and like like we said last week, we'd needed that win. Yeah, we really did. We needed that win to be competitive in this season because yeah. it shows we can go somewhere from here even though we lost our first two games. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt the band's getting together again finally. We're starting to play like uh, the, the 2019 and 2020 teams um, and uh, we're... Making progress. I felt like we saw glimpses of that in the first two weeks, but it just all clicked this week. Yes. Um, it's exciting, especially for what's to come. Yeah, and overall, massive improvement. Exactly. And I think that's probably the word of the week is just improvement. Yeah. All over, every player I felt like improved, our game plan improved, our abilities improved. Our rookies continue to impress Harford and us. Yes, every single week they continue to impress. Although we did um, say that we weren't as impressed with Mimi Hill as we usually are. Yeah, um, yeah, she had a bit of a quiet one, but... Comparatively speaking, she's yeah. been brilliant for, for um, the previous game. She was okay this game. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't bad. 
Yes, she just not. wasn't as good as she has been. Um, yeah, but I yeah, I feel like the word of the week is improvement. And this makes me excited for what's to come. So in saying that, we should get into discussing the game ahead. So today, Saturday the 20th, we take on Richmond in a Saturday afternoon match under the sun at Icon Park. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. We're coming off a convincing win against St Kilda, whilst Richmond are coming off a loss against Collingwood and are hunting for their first win of the season. Although Richmond have failed to secure a win this year, they are not pushovers. Having their first three games against Brisbane, Melbourne and Collingwood are a trio, which, given their form this year, would worry anyone. Um, Richmond are a hard team to read, I find, personally. The last time we faced them in their first ever match, we won by a whopping 34 points. But they've definitely impressed and improved since then. They had a tough first year in the comp, but things can change very quickly. Us as Carlton supporters know that very well. And they showed promise late against Collingwood last week. Um, it'll be an interesting game. I think a lot of people will be watching this one to see how Richmond are able to play. Um, so let's get into this discussion. Okay, well, we've got a game ahead of us. So, Nathan, do you want to take us through the changes? Uh, you only... We've only got one change this week. Um, Moyne's been rested. Bit surprising, to be honest, but understand why. Yeah, I mean, she's tired. She yeah. puts her body on the line week in, week out. Yep, yeah. she always works hard. Last week, you have a look at her stats, um, and they sort of reflect what uh, what we're, we're saying. She, she comes along, uh, puts her body on the line time and time again, um, lays a heap of tackles, um, as per always, but you look at the stats. Um, you know she she's got seven possessions, three kicks, four handballs, five tackles. Not a lot of the ball, but a lot of hard work off the ball. Uh, she is in the veteran stages of her career, and I think it makes sense that she might need to freshen up. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think of Edwards coming in for loins out? Uh, I've discussed with you with this one. Um, a bit surprised Edwards in, but I understand why also. If Brooke Walker wasn't injured, I think they would have added her in instead of Edwards. I mean, My personal thought, but... I think yeah. what we do know about Edwards is that she can tackle well. Yeah. Not as well as Loins, in my personal <clears throat> opinion. Not as fast as Loins either. Yeah, but she can tackle. Yes. And given how good our pressure was last week, I think they're trying to keep that up for this week. Yeah, she'll bring the work rate. And look, um, it's her second game of the year. Perhaps a bit of a surprise that she was dropped um, after her first game winning 16 possessions. But I think that the criticism was, was really her ball use. Uh, when you look at the hard stats, they don't really back that up. Um, she had a disposal efficiency of 52.5% which places her exactly in the middle of the of the rankings. We've had 25 players used this year. 12 of them have a better disposal efficiency than that. 12 of them have a worse. She's right smack bang the median of the whole cohort. So it's not that, that, that um, her disposal efficiency is, is not good. 
perhaps the criticism is more about the, the amount of damage she does with her disposals. See, for me, I feel like she just was a little bit slow against the dogs. True. That was my biggest criticism of her. Yeah. Was just, she just didn't seem to move as fast as the rest of the team, which if we're playing this, you know, handball run shield kind of game, you need somebody that's able to really keep up with the younger players. Um, that was my biggest criticism of her, but I'm interested to see how they utilise her this week. Yeah, and you were, you were really surprised that she impressed me that week as well. She played the Bulldogs. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by her performance that game. I, I just thought she used the ball really well. That's why I thought she impressed me that much. Interesting. So, yeah, we can understand why that was made. Um, so it'll be an interesting game, especially with the lineup. Um, Dad, I think you wanted to talk about their team lineup a little bit. So do you want to take us through that? Yes, well, when we look at the Tigers lineup, I think it's pretty clear they don't have the same level of class across the field that the Blues can muster without players coming back. Um, but uh, they did play some good footy last week, and particularly later in the game, and they won't be the pushover that some might expect. Uh, in particular, they've got a real class player, in my view, in Monique Conti, who will have to be watched very carefully. Up forward, Frederick gives them a good target, and I expect Hosking will be out to impress against her old side, and we know she'll bring the trademark Hosking toughness and desire. Um, overall, with the defence starting to look uh, like it should, I think the Blues uh, are a stronger line-up across the field, but uh, I think the Tigers um, are better than their uh, performance and uh, and. Um, uh, lack of, uh, of wins uh, would suggest. I think they're definitely better than what people give them credit as being. I mean, with Hosking, we're going to have to be careful of her ability to pick up the ball and run and also just how hard she does go at the ball. Especially with bragging rights on the line. We will talk about uh, the lead-up, the very interesting lead-up to this game throughout the week on social media a little bit later. Um... I'm looking forward to seeing Conti against Pris Farkas. I think that'll be interesting. Um, she's averaging 21.3 disposals, and we really do need to limit her involvement in the game. I feel like if she gets up and going early, it could spell a little bit of trouble for us. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, she's the player, most of all, we need to try and uh, keep under control. Definitely. Um, in saying that, what kind of style of game would you like to see us play? Well, I'd like to see us uh, press on with the uh, running overlapping type game that we started to show against the Saints. Now, that said, we are to an extent probably playing into the Tigers' strength, um, but uh, I think uh, we have to play our game and try and be better than them um, by playing our game, even though it's, uh, it's also taking them on on their terms. Um, I mean, I have a different view on that. I want to see us change. I think one of the things I really liked about Hartford, particularly last year, was the ability he had to change the game plan and really adapt to week, to Yeah, week to week, quarter to quarter. Yeah. You know, especially that, I talk about it a lot, I feel like, that Melbourne game last year. Yes, yeah. That ability to switch it really turned that game around for us. And so I don't want to see him just pressing ahead going, well, this is our game plan. We're going to go ahead with it. If you see something isn't working, I want him to be able to change that. 
Yeah, I think uh, that's one of Harper's greatest strengths. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think if we do have to change up and, and make it more a contested uh, beast type game, again, we've probably got the, 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 um, the players to, to come out on top in that battle. Who do you feel like can go on um, Fedric? Well, that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, uh, I think I'd, I'd probably go Lola Weefy, give her the big job again. Uh, She's very good at keeping people out of the game, I feel like. The only thing I worry about with Lava Leafy is she isn't known to be good in the air. She's surprisingly good to, to my mind, but she's she's giving away a bit of size. Yeah. And that, that is an issue, I agree. I, Nathan, you've brought this up a few times. I would kind of like to see Harris go down and have a go in the back line, especially against somebody like Fedrick. Yeah, um... Yeah, I saw that on the um, Facebook page, for the AFLW Carlson page. Yeah, there's a Facebook group for Carlson supporters, yeah. and they kind of floated the idea. I feel like this week would be a good week to do it, um, because we are going to need somebody who can compete in the air, and Harris is that. Yeah, and I think that, well, if we're not, for example, we're not putting Harris in the back line, I think the next tall to go to is Charlotte Wilson. She can spoil. And that worries me because... Patrick's a bit taller than... Yeah, and she's a bit harder at the ball as well. Yeah. So that does worry me. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we do with her. Yeah. So this segment is going to be a little bit different. Um, Richmond are the first team we've played against this year, this year who have played against a team that we've played against this year. So I think, Dad, you wanted to talk us through some of the comparisons of our game against Collingwood and their game against Collingwood and what it tells us about what we can expect today. Yes, well, I've had a look at um, some of the comparative statistics um, of Richmond's performance against uh, Collingwood and Carlton's performance against Collingwood. Um, And some of the numbers that I thought were interesting was uh, in both uh, games, Collingwood won uh, more of the possession by foot, we were close to the parity. We had 48.6% of the uh, possessions by foot to uh, Collingwood's uh, just over 51, um, whereas Richmond, the split was 45% Richmond, 55% Collingwood. So um, an appreciable gap there. On the other hand, when it came to handballs, um, Richmond actually got considerably more of the ball by hand than Collingwood. They got 54%, whereas we... Um, we're on the flip side of that. We only got 46% of handballs uh, to Collingwood 54. So there's a significant um, difference there in that Richmond uh, were getting a lot more of the ball by hand against Collingwood than we were. As you might expect, given that we had more kicks, they had more handballs, um, the difference in overall disposals uh, was marginal. Um, we got 47.5% of disposals against Collingwood. Richmond got 47.7, really 0.2% difference, you'd say that was uh, negligible. Um, in terms of, of clearances, it was it was quite interesting. Um, we dominated clearances against uh, Collingwood. We got uh, um, 60% of the clearances. Collingwood uh, got 54.5% uh, of the clearance against Richmond to Richmond's um, 45.5%. So big gap there in terms of who won the... Centre clearances, um, 
uh, against Collingwood. Uh, suggests there's a real strength there for the Blues. What about stoppage clearances? Totally different story. Uh, stoppage clearances, Collingwood uh, beat both of us uh, comfortably. Um, Richmond managed to win 44.4% of the stoppage clearances, so lo uh, lost uh, more than 55% of them. But Collingwood did even a bigger job on us. Um, we only won 40% of the stoppage clearances, Collingwood winning 60%. So there's a significant 4.9% um, difference in uh, in the uh, the um, uh, stoppage clearances in Richmond's favour. Uh, now, what are we to make of that? Is that uh, just coincidental? Is a clearance a clearance? Clearly not. Um, centre and stoppage clearances have different characteristics, obviously, and it suggests that um, uh, Richmond's inside game is uh, is um, uh, pretty uh, pretty powerful. The other stat where there is a really big difference between the performance of the two teams against Collingwood was in the ruck. Both teams dominated Collingwood in the ruck. We won fifty eight percent of hitouts. Now, that was largely, I thought, on the back of our second-half comeback, where first Downey and then, then Moody took a real control of the ruck hitouts. Richmond, on the other hand, just decimated Collingwood. 80.5% of hitouts went Richmond's way against Collingwood. Now, that suggests we've got a really big issue to deal with in terms of, of uh, the ruck dominance. I have a lot of faith in our rucks. Uh, I think Moody and Downey are both excellent uh, tap rucks, but uh, the suggestion is that uh, we've got uh, a real job this week. The other stark statistical difference that comes up in this comparison of the two teams against Collingwood is in running bounces. We did not take a single running bounce against Collingwood. We only gave them one, but still, we didn't get a single bounce. Richmond also kept Collingwood to one bounce for the entire game, but they themselves uh, managed to, to accumulate four running bounces, suggesting that they had a much more powerful outside running game against Collingwood than we had. Now, we know that against Collingwood, we didn't come to play particularly well, particularly early, um, we know that against uh, St Kilda, our outside running game started to come back. So it may well be that uh, that um, the uh, difference now will not be anywhere near as stark as those numbers would suggest. But it does indicate to me uh, that we have to be wary of uh, Richmond's outside game as well as their inside game. I mean, one of the things that concerns me that you were going through was the clearances particularly the um, stoppage clearances. What do you want to see us do at those stoppage clearances to win them the same way that we hopefully will be winning the centre clearances? Well, I think we need to set up um, better... Uh, look, I think we're much better than we showed against Collingwood at that part of the game. Um, and uh, I think that uh, that's one of the, the dangers of comparing... Um, the two teams' performances against Collingwood because we put in a shocker, at least for half the game. Um, that said, I think it's about uh, about uh, trying to free up 
um, Chris Parkers to, to, to get at the ball. Um, I think uh, we need to have our bigger bodies uh, in there, um, uh, particularly our day will be important. Um, and uh, obviously a lot will turn on who can get their hand to the ball in the ruck. I feel like we also need to stop their transition from their inside to their outside. So I feel like their day will be important, but in particular day, just to wrap up them in the stoppage and stop them from just running on. Yes. Yeah. All right. It'll be interesting to see to see how we adapt. So do we produce a tag on Conti or? That's an option, but who do we get to tag her? Okay. Or. Or um, I guess Chris Parkers will probably have a tag already. But I mean, probably a fast player. It's probably the same speed as Conti. The issue with that is we really do want O'Day and Chris Parkers free. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one, one option, if they want to tag Chris Parkers, is to get Chris Parkers to tag Conti. Yeah. It's a well-known tactic for trying to break a tag that the opposition want to put on your star player is to actually give your star player a run with Rolder herself. Um, but uh, that presumes that uh, Richmond uh, would be looking to tag Prasparkas, which I suspect they would, and might be an opportunity to, to work on breaking the tag as well as getting some pressure on Conti. Um, but uh, what worries me about Conti is finding the right player to run with her. Um, who is it? I mean... Left field, Georgia G. I should see a G on Conti situation. She's, she's a great tackler. She's got the <laughs> yeah. pace. She's got the determination. Um, McKay, I guess you could think about. But uh, but uh, it needs to be a player who, who has the wheels and who tackles hard. I probably like G better than McKay for the role. I think McKay is just getting her confidence back yes. up. Yes. And I don't know if it would do her any good to get a tag. Because when you're a tag, you usually don't get much of the ball. Yeah. You know, your job is to keep them out of the game more so than to get involved in the game yourself. Yeah. And that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. Well, now let's talk about the lead-up to this game. Uh, Nathan, you had some thoughts? Uh, very funny. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, so for those of you who aren't on social media um, and don't know about this, uh, the Hoskins sisters have been having a little bit of a prank war during the week. So Nathan, you wanted to take us through the timeline and what happened. Uh, yeah, I kept updating you on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, first off, Sarah froze. Jess's ID card and mouth guard. Yeah, to get into training, I believe yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, so it was put in a giant ice block. Uh, My like... favourite part was that she left the lanyard out. Yeah. <laughs> she could hang it around her neck. Yeah. Yes, yes. Personally, but it was a warm day. Personally, um, I would have uh, spray-painted it gold and said it was a Olympic gold medal. Um, but... Uh, it, the one rule that uh, apparently they, they laid down was uh, that whatever the prank was couldn't um, uh, affect performance adversely. Now, there's one of the pranks that uh, Nathan will no doubt come to, which I would have thought might have that impact, but anyway, 
So the prank started with the um, um, move by uh, by um, Sarah to freeze uh, Jess's uh, mouth guard and uh, accreditation in a giant block of ice. And Nathan, take us to the next repost. Then Jess hits back by putting um, Sarah's training gear into a Coles bag. <laughs> Gotta get that out. Gotta get that detail. Gotta get that promo in for Coles. Love our Coles. <laughs> Gotta love Coles. Put, um, she put her training gear into a Coles bag and a kettlebell, tied up the bags and chucked it into a pool. And made her go and get it. And made her go and get it. <laughs> She's like, where the hell's my stuff? <laughs> my favourite part was that in that video she checked the oven. Yeah. <laughs> She goes, where'd you put it? And the next thing, she's opening up the oven and looking in there. Jess is like, well, why would I put it in the oven? <laughs> yeah, random move. Why would I put it in the oven when there's a perfectly good swimming pool? Exactly. And then Sarah hits back at Jess, putting deep heat. Oh, I, I believe it wasn't deep heat, but it was something Swim. that does the same thing and apparently is a lot hotter. Oh, okay. But anyway... Where did she put the deep heat, Nathan? On toilet paper. <laughs> that was then oh. used. Okay. Was then used. Um, this we... is the one that I thought might breach the performance affecting rule, um, but apparently not. <laughs> and then Jess hits back, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Jess hits back putting wasabi in a strawberry in a muesli. And covering it with um, peanut butter. At least there's <laughs> milk then. Yeah. I mean, there's something to counteract the wasabi. This is true. <laughs> and apparently um, Sarah has a gag reflex for wasabi. Ah, uh, dear. <laughs> and then Jess goes at Sarah again. Oh, my personal favourite. <laughs> she was meant to go for blue hair dye. But with Sarah's hair being blonde. Yeah, I don't quite know purple. how that worked. She said she was hoping for blue, but it ended up dyeing her hair purple. <laughs> she put the hair dye in her shampoo. And I must say, it was quite interesting to see that uh, there were still some blonde spots <laughs> in her hair. I was concerned for her hair. I was like, you're not shampooing that whole thing. <laughs> you need to up your shampoo game. Um, Have you seen that purple hair, purple haired... Um, Forty-five. You know who that is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and it looks like she just has like these little bold spots now from the blonde. Um, yeah, that's my favorite. She'll stand out. <laughs> exactly. God, I can't wait for that next prank call. <laughs> well, I, I really can't wait to see the two of them. I, I do hope they go head to head at times in this game. Um, because they, they do play very similar styles of game. They're both hard at it. They're both hard nuts, and I'm sure they both want to get a, um, the win over their, their identical twin. Exactly, and I don't think they would um, be scared of hurting each other. No, I don't think so. So we're anticipating a very well-fought match between the Hoskin sisters. What else do you think will happen? Yeah, I think the start of the game will be a tight contest. I definitely don't think they'll will win by 30 points like we did last time. Yep, definitely. I think that'll be probably around 10 to 15 points difference. 
Yeah. Well, I think clearly Richmond are a better team than their record suggests. They're running into form. They showed something uh, in the latter half of the game against Collingwood, and I don't think they'll be the pushover that perhaps some expect. Uh, that said, I think uh, across the field, we probably have a better spread of talent and with our game plan starting to come together, our defence starting to, to uh, get its personnel back and its, uh, its um, system back. I think we should be perhaps a few goals too good. Yes, I think we'll win. Well, in saying that, we've got a game of footy to watch this afternoon. So, as always, go Blue Baggers! Go Blue Baggers!